Last week we started talking about the soul. In our Healing Journey Bible study, the soul teaching is kind of right in the middle. It's lesson 8 out of 15. It's called, the, what we talked about last week was checking your soul. Let me just give you a quick recap of some of the things we talked about last week. Your soul is part of your being. We're a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, our emotions, our passions, our character, our intellect, our understanding. That part of us. And then we have a body, a physical body. Our soul is an integral part of who we are. God loves our soul. He loves all of us. And he wants us to be whole in every part of our life. Last week we talked about how to keep your soul healthy. In, in the everyday living, in um, you know, what we hear about in the news, what we hear about when you go to Lifetime Fitness, what you hear about you know, when you have any kind of um, uh, teaching or anything you hear about taking care of your body, you hear about staying healthy, you know, eating right, drinking fluids, um, exercising, getting enough rest, etc., etc. Keeping healthy. Last week we talked about keeping your soul healthy. We talked about keeping your mind healthy. We talked about keeping your emotions healthy. And we can. We do have authority in a lot of ways of our thinking, of our thought life, of what we feed on, of what we view. We have choices. We can make choices. That's another part of our will. We have a free will. And we can make choices. That's part of our soul. So we talked about how to um, be in that position of making godly choices. Talked about keeping our soul healthy. If you weren't here last week, you might want to go back and listen to that teaching. It's on Vimeo. You, we can tell you how to access, this, access it if you'd like to. But the other part of health is what do you do if you're sick? For those of you who do everything to keep your body healthy, diet and exercise and sleep and all that, you know, you're doing, you're going along fine, but then maybe something attacks your body. And, you, and you've got, I don't know, a virus or cold or something like that that you're fighting. You may need to go to a doctor. You may need to take, I don't know, some kind of medicine to get healthy again. The same thing is true with your soul. When your soul is sick, when your emotions, when your um, uh, mind, when your thinking, when your choices, when your will, when your character, when your passions, when your desires, when your destiny, when all that stuff seems to be muddled up and sick, it needs to be well. It needs to be made well. And Jesus is the healer of that. You're here at a healing class, most of you because you need healing in your bodies. What I'm going to talk about tonight is a very, very important thing. God has had this, this, this context of what we're talking about on my heart so much. It's like, I know it's important or he wouldn't have it on my heart this much. The bottom line is that the health of our soul 
affects every other area of abundant living. The health of our soul affects the health of our body. The health of our soul affects the health of our, our relationships. The health of our finances, the health of our, our, our everything, everything that, that Jesus came to give us in an abundant life. The health of our soul affects it or vice versa. The sickness of our soul can affect our body or other parts of our life. The first scripture, the foundational scripture that I'd like to look at right here is 3 John verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. We read this last week. I love this scripture. It starts out with endearment. God is calling you his beloved, his extravagant love. You're, be you're his beloved. And he says, I want you to be in health. I want you to prosper in every area. But then there's a comma. And it says, just as your soul prospers, the health and your prosperity, your physical health and prospering in other areas of your life, whatever it is, is in direct proportion to your soul prospering. Your health of your mind, your will, your emotions. As your soul prospers, you could reverse this. As your soul prospers, you will be in health and prosper in other areas of your life. As your soul prospers. So. So. I want to talk a little bit about how the soul can get sick. And then we're going to get it healed. Okay? Are you ready? First of all, let's talk about our spirit. We're a three-part person. A spirit, a soul, and a body. When you receive salvation, your spirit is made perfect. Your spirit is made well. Your spirit is whole and perfect and healthy. In every area. And it's never going to be any other way. When you make the choice. This is important, guys. When you make the choice to say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. When you make the choice to go to God and surrender your life to him. And to say, I believe in you, God. And I believe in Jesus, your son. And I believe that he died for me. And I believe that he rose again from the dead for me. And I surrender my life to you. And I want you to give. I want you to take care of me. I want to give my life to you. I surrender to you. When you do that. With all your heart. That's when your spirit man is perfected. It doesn't have anything to do with how you were raised. It doesn't. It has to do with the choice that you make to say, Jesus, I want you. I was raised in an amazing home. But I didn't receive this until I made the choice. My mom and dad couldn't do it for me. Going to church every week didn't do it for me. It was a matter of me saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I didn't do that until I was diagnosed with cancer. And that's because I didn't know any different. And it's because Cindy was in control and Cindy was doing just fine without surrendering to God. But when I did, everything changed. 
And that was the point. I know this now. This is based on the word. That was the point when, my, when I became perfect. That was the point when the blood of Jesus was effective in my life. When what Jesus did on the cross was effectual. It was the potential before that. But it wasn't mine until I let Jesus be my Lord and my Savior because he gave me free will. Just like he has all of his people. That's his will for every last person on this earth that's ever lived. Past, present, and future. When that happens, you're made perfect in your spirit. It's all sin, all junk was remitted. We're going to talk about what that word means in a minute when we go to some scripture. It was removed from you. You were made perfect. That's your spirit. But your body and your soul weren't. Think about it. If Now for me, I'm going to use myself for an example. That day that I gave my life to Jesus, I still had cancer. My body wasn't made perfect. That day that I gave my heart to Jesus, the stuff that all the weedy stuff in my life was still there. My priorities were still messed up. My, um, my, my, the things that I viewed and the thing, you know, I didn't have a sensitive heart to, to God because I didn't know him very well. I didn't know him personally. And I'm still in that process. We all are. It's a process. But I wasn't perfected in my soul. I still had messed up stuff in my heart, in my soul, in my thinking, in my choices, in my emotions. Oh, fear was a big one. I was saved, but boy, did I have a lot of fear. It was consuming me. My soul wasn't completely restored because that's not the part that's restored with salvation. It's your spirit that is completely made well. Your body and your soul aren't. Okay. We're going to talk about two causes of wounded souls. That's the next thing we're going to talk about. I've got... Hopefully by the time this is done, this will all fit together. I have just prayed over this a lot, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to just do a big work here. In fact, let's just stop right now and pray with all of you. Father God, I thank you for what you have planned for tonight. I thank you, Father God, that the, the truth that goes forth sets us free. You say in your word that the truth will set us free. I thank you, Father God, that as this word of God goes forth tonight... It may be something we've never heard. It may be the first time. It may be something we've heard a lot. Whichever the case is, Father God, I pray that you take us where we're at and you grow us up. I pray, Father, that that truth truly does set us free. That we aren't held in bondage to lies of the enemy. But as those lies are exposed, we are freed. And this is where our healing begins. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Two causes of wounded souls. Remember, our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. The first one is sin. Now, sin doesn't affect your spirit because you've been made new. Sin has been remitted. But it doesn't... Oh, let me... Before I put that but in there. It does not affect God's love for you. It doesn't affect your righteousness, your position of righteousness, and it doesn't affect God's love for you. His love is extravagant. 
That's what he told me this week. His love, his grace is extravagant. And that's not going to change. But, and this is a big but, sin does give demonic powers an opening to come into our soul or our body. When we were at this conference a couple weeks ago, there was a wonderful um, visual, and I don't have it, but I'm just going to try to describe it. The man that was teaching had something that rock climbers use, and it's a little ring, and then it has a long spike. And they take that thing, and they put it in. They put it into the cracks in the rock. They put it into the cracks of the rock, and it gives them a foothold. It gives them something sturdy that they can climb that rock mountain on. That's what sin is in our lives. It can get in the crack. It can push its way in to our soul. And it can give the enemy a foothold into our lives, into our soul, or into our body. can't do anything to your spirit, but it can into your soul and into your body. Would you look with me in your Bible, if you have it with you? If not, it's going to be up on the, on the screen. Look at Psalm 41. Psalm 41, verse 4. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Have mercy on me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. There are three possible um, ways that sin can wound your soul. The first one is your sin against others. Your sin against others can put a wound in your soul. Maybe, uh, I'm just going to give an example every mom probably has on their heart. Maybe you think back to those years when you were raising your kids and you see yourself as too harsh or too easy or too something. And you think, I didn't do as good as I could of being a mama. And that wounds your heart. And you think, oh my gosh, what did I do to my baby? What did I do to my son or my daughter? I could have done better. That could cause something in your soul. It's not in your spirit. It's in your soul. It's this this thing of the enemy, the enemy's hook in you that causes a hurt inside your heart. It could be a feeling you have towards yourself of unworthiness or of condemnation or of guilt. Those are out and out lies. We aren't condemned anymore as children of God. We're not condemned. We're justified. Condemnation is no more. There's no more condemnation for people who know Jesus. But we may think of that ourselves. That's another one of the enemy's lies. Remember the hooks. It's a hook that he can get in there, and it can cause a wound in your soul. That says, I'm not good enough. I'm guilty. I'll never be forgiven. I can never receive love or whatever it is. That is a lie, a lie, a lie, a lie. The truth sets us free. When those lies are exposed and truth takes its place, you'll be set free. The third way that sin can cause a wound in your soul 
is other sin towards you. Abuse, neglect, hurt, anger, whatever. Other people sin towards you can hurt. Oh boy, a lot of us have been hurt desperately by other people. We've been hurt. Our feelings have been hurt. Our souls have been hurt. We could have been hurt very, very deeply. So the first cause of wounded soul is sin. The second cause of wounded soul is trauma. A sudden, dramatic thing that happens in your life. Maybe an accident. Maybe a sudden um, a death of somebody that you love. Trauma. Maybe, a, a, I don't know, um, you've heard of post-traumatic um, stress syndrome. That's a result of a trauma happens a lot with our shoulder with our soldiers trauma when trauma happens it can lead to soul wounds when there's a trauma in your life you can be it might it might have that stress it, we've heard of like i said the 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 post traumatic stress syndrome i can't get that on my mouth disorder okay whatever you know what i mean and you see the the hurt in the soul it causes this this emotional problem big time and it's based on trauma and then this particular teacher i was listening to talked about the drama of the trauma the drama of the trauma is when you take that trauma and it gets bigger and bigger because of the sympathy that you're seeking because of the the talking about it and the talking about it and the talking about it it grows and it grows and grows and the soul won't get bigger and bigger and bigger so that's the second possible way that wounds can be formed in the soul so this is where we're getting to the, the meat of what i really want us to share before we go into ministry and that is what is the root i'm sorry i said that wrong the fruit of the root the root is the soul wound the root is the wound so what is the fruit what what does it produce the first thing, it can lead to sickness. Research shows that the number one cause of sickness is psychomatic um, issues. Psychosomatic issues are things that are based on emotional factors. That's research-based, the number one cause for sickness. So soul wounds can lead to sickness. And then in turn, the sickness can lead to deeper soul wounds. So it's a vicious cycle. Doesn't this sound like the enemy? We're going to reveal, guys. We're going to reveal one of the tactics of the enemy. And when that is revealed, when, the, when that lie is revealed, when what he's doing is revealed, we get rid of it. The second fruit is that soul wounds may block you from receiving healing. Soul wounds can cause sickness and soul wounds can keep you from receiving healing. If you've been seeking healing and your healing hasn't been manifest, it could be because there's a soul wound. Think about it. If you have a tree and you pick the fruit, it's going to keep growing new fruit, right? You got to get the root if you don't want it to come back. 
So we're talking today about the root issues. You got to get the root so that the sickness or whatever the fruit is doesn't come back. Right now we're talking about sickness. Michelle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 We're going to be ministering to that tonight. Yes. The question was, is fear one of the fruits? Yes. Fear is one of those wounded things that can be in your, in your emotions. It's an emotional issue. So if the enemy has those little things, those little, those little things that he's got footholds in your soul, it could be preventing your healing. Okay, now let's get to the good news. Are you ready? Got all that bad stuff out of the way. We had to reveal it so we can look at Jesus the healer and get those things healed. Would you please open your Bible with me? We're going to look at Jesus, the healer of our soul wounds. Psalm 147. Would you go there with me? Psalm 147. Verse 3. If you have your Bible, please open them. Get your pencils, markers, highlighters out and start underlining. Verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Would you say that's good news? Yes. The word brokenhearted in the original language is two different words. Broken is one word. Hearted is another word. The word broken means broken, hurt, destroyed, you know, broken. The word hearted, listen to this. The word hearted is words about the soul. These are some of the words that were in my concordance. Soul, mind, thoughts, passions, desires, affections, purposes, understanding, the will, character, emotions. Jesus came to heal broken emotions. He came to heal broken affections, broken purposes, broken understanding, broken thoughts, broken mind. Isn't that good news? He came to bind up the wounds. And it's not talking here about physical wounds, friends. It's talking about broken-hearted wounds of the soul, wounds of the heart. The next scripture is Isaiah 61. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. Verse 1 and verse 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Does that, does that scripture sound familiar to you? Where do you hear that one in the New Testament? You don't need to worry about where in the Bible. But who who's, who's says this in the New Testament? Jesus. We're going to go there in a second. This is a prophetic word that was fulfilled through Jesus. 
But I want to stay here for just a minute before we look at the New Testament scripture. So the first, we go back one screen, please. The first verse talks about the healing. The healing. First of all, preach good tidings to the poor. That word poor isn't poor in finances. That word poor means weak and afflicted. This was fulfilled in Jesus, as we will see in a minute. But Jesus came to preach good tidings to the poor and afflicted, to the weak. How many of you have felt weak a time or two? Afflicted, like everything's just coming against you. Well, Jesus came to heal it. He came to preach the gospel to you. He sent me, Jesus, to heal the brokenhearted. That's the same word we just looked at in the psalm. He came to set the captives free. To proclaim liberty. The word liberty is to release from bondage or imprisonment. You may be held in bondage because of soul wounds. Because of lies. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to set the captives free. And then if you look at the next verse. Oh, this is where the, the, just the, the goodness of God is just all over the place. Because he doesn't just take something away. He replaces it. With something so rich. So he takes ashes and replaces them with beauty. He takes mourning and he replaces it with the oil of joy. Holy Spirit joy. He takes the spirit of heaviness. These are all soul wounds. And he replaces it with the garment of praise. He takes, well, that's, that's it, I guess. <laughs> that we may be called trees of righteousness and God will be glorified. The planting of the Lord and God will be glorified. The planting of the Lord with good roots instead of bad roots. The, the, the other stuff's rooted out and we're planted. We're deeply planted with rich wholeness, with rich goodness of God, with joy, with, with praise, the spirit of praise. With beauty. Okay, let's go to the Luke scripture. Luke chapter 4. This is where it was fulfilled in the New Testament. Luke chapter 4. In Jesus' ministry, he was 32, 33, 30, I guess, before he started his ministry. And he was baptized by John the Baptist. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus And that's when he was set into the ministry. He needed the Holy Spirit. Just like me. Just like you. And then after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, he went to the wilderness and he fasted and he prayed for 40 days. He he just immersed himself in prayer and immersed himself in the presence of God. And then he came out of the desert and this is the first thing he did. This was the birth of his ministry. Got to get it in my Bible. Luke 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led... Oops, wrong wrong verse. Sorry about that. I got to go to verse 16. Mm, Let's see. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. 
And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, in the Jewish culture, there were certain scriptures that were read on certain days. And that scroll was open, and that is what was read. There were certain people who were in line to read certain scriptures on certain days. And this was Jesus' scripture to read on this day. He was handed the book of, of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendants and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to um, set at liberty those who are oppressed. That word oppressed, I looked it up in the concordance. In the Greek, it means broken in pieces, shattered, broken by calamity, broken by trauma, shattered. He came to set us free if we've been shattered, if your life life has been shattered, if your relationship has been shattered, if you've been abused or neglected. He came to set you free. That's our Jesus. That's Jesus the healer. One more scripture about Jesus and then we're going to... Well, actually there's a lot more scriptures about Jesus. But one more in this set. And then we're going to talk about his glory and his light. But first let's look at Acts 10.38. Now this is in the, the book of Acts. So it means Jesus was already ascended into heaven and the church was being birthed. And the apostles were going out and they were now the authority and the power of Jesus. They were, it was working through them. And they were, they were doing everything that Jesus came to do because he commissioned them to do it. And in this particular chapter, they were sharing the gospel with Gentiles, people who didn't know about Jesus. They weren't raised Jewish. They didn't know about the good news and, um, Peter is going to tell him. This is the story about Cornelius. And this is what he's telling. This is one of the verses out of the middle of his teaching. He was talking about Jesus. And he said, How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and, in particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the, de- by the power of the devil. For God was with him. That's what Jesus did. That's his job description right there. He went about doing good and, in particular, curing those who were harassed and oppressed. If you've been harassed and oppressed by the work of the devil, Jesus came to heal it. That's who he is. That's what he came to do. He did it because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and with dunamis power. The word, it's expanded because this is from the amplified it says strength and ability and power up there 
That is the Greek word dunamis. We're going to talk more about that word in a minute. It's power. It's miracle-working powerhouse power. That's who our Jesus is. That's what he came to do. Okay. The next thing I'd like to share with you is a whole bunch of scriptures, and I put them in your paper because I wanted you to have these to take home and meditate on. Karen? The acceptable year of the Lord in the book of Isaiah, or was that in Luke? Let me look. The acceptable year of the Lord. That was in Luke. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I, you know what? I didn't look that up, Karen, but my guess is that it proclaims the gospel. The, the Lord God and his goodness and what he's, what he's up to, what he's about. I, I haven't researched that particular line, but we can do that. Okay. The glory and light of Jesus. You know that song that we were singing at the beginning about the light meets the dark? What we've been talking about today is the foothold that the enemy can get in your soul or in your body. But when the light meets the dark, guess what happens to the dark? Oh, yeah. It is extinguished. You don't turn in... You don't come into a light room and turn on a dark switch. (laughs) But you walk into the dark and you turn on the light, right? Jesus is the light. There are two, and I I haven't come up with a good word for this. I don't want to call them characteristics because it's not a characteristic of Jesus. It's who he is. So I'm not quite sure what kind of word to use to, to tell you about light. And glory. But I want to just tell you that Jesus is light. And Jesus is glory. Those are two things that Jesus is. There's a whole lot more. (laughs) He's love. He's peace. He's joy. But he is light. And he is glory. Light extinguishes dark. Glory is the presence of the Almighty God. It's the presence of God. Jesus is God. He is glory. He is the manifest presence of glory. The scriptures that are here, this is just a few. I had a list of probably at least twice this many, maybe three times this many, that are scriptures that are about the light and the glory and healing all together. So I wanted to just give you some scriptures to take with you and meditate on about the light and the glory of Jesus, of God, and healing. There's power in praying God's word. There's power in his word. There's healing in his light. There's healing in his glory. So if we take scriptures about the glory and the light of Jesus, there's healing power there. And I'm not saying that to be weird. I'm saying that because it's real. God's word is alive and powerful. After we go through these scriptures, we're going to look at receiving healing of wounded souls. But I want these available for you. We're not even going to open our Bibles because they're right in front of you and they're also on the screen. So the first one is out of Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26. It says, Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. So it's going to be magnified 
time and time and time over. And the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of his people and heals the stroke of their wounds. So the light is so great when those wounds are healed, when the bruise, and that word bruise is hurt or destruction, when the hurt or the destruction of his people are healed. The light is so powerful. The light is so great, magnified many, many, many times over the biggest, greatest light that you can possibly know. The next scripture is Isaiah 58, verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Don't you like that one? And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Oh boy. You have the light that's going to break forth like the morning and you have the glory as your rear guard and you're in the middle healed speedily. One thing I want to point out, and that is that in every one of these scriptures, it refers to his people, the righteous one, the, the people who know Jesus. This is great treasure. This is a great treasure. But it's only for those who know Jesus. It's the potential for everybody. It's only actual if you've received salvation and the benefits of salvation. Now, I'm not saying God can't heal non-believers because, boy, he can. But to access his healing, to say, that's mine, that's my inheritance. That's for the believers in Jesus. So, Psalm 84, verse 11, the next scripture. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and it's spelled S-U-N, sun. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And again, that from those who walk uprightly, those are those who are in a position of righteousness. No good thing will he withhold. He's not going to withhold healing and saying that's good for you. I'm, I want you to learn a lesson from it. No good thing will he withhold. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield and the Lord will give grace and glory. Light and glory. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. May the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your soul, the eyes of your imagination be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. May the eyes of your soul, may the eyes of your heart, may the eyes of your mind be enlightened to know the good stuff about God, the hope of his calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the glory and the power for those, for those of us who believe. Again, that's for the believer. And the last one is Ephesians 3.16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that you would be strengthened 
the glory of God strengthening you in your inner man, in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. So, the glory in the light of Jesus binds, bruise, binds up bruises, heals wounds. Healing shall spring forth speedily. It will uh, show us the exceeding greatness of his power and we'll be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit. I was just jotting down some quick notes that that scripture said I would benefit from through the light and the glory of Jesus. Okay. Healing of soul wounds. I've got five things listed and I'm sure, you know, I, I didn't... God can say his, his way is his way. And I always hate to put a number. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five because I don't want you to be legalistic in any way. But I also want to give you some guidance. So that's why these five things are listed. But don't think you have to do number one, two, three, four, five in order to be healed because Jesus is the healer. But I just wanted to give you some direction, some guidance. And we're going we're gonna to literally have a healing meeting here in about five minutes. So the first thing is to acknowledge, repent, and forgive. Remember, one of the, one of the ways that soul wounds are, are caused in the beginning is through sin. So in order to be healed, you need to acknowledge. God will show you acknowledge what those things might be and the word repent means to change your heart to change your heart and say i'm going to change my mind i'm going to change my heart and forgive if necessary forgive let go forgive i'm going to teach several sessions on forgiveness because that's a big deal so they were just kind of touching on it so as you acknowledge repent and forgive it might be yourself Something in your own life, your own sin, if you want to call it that, that has been an opening for the enemy. You might need to forgive yourself for those feelings of unworthiness. Those are lies. Guilt, condemnation, that, that stuff. And say, oh no, that's not what God says about me. I'm going to change. I'm going to agree with God. And I'm going to believe what God says about me. That I am righteous. That there's no condemnation for those in Jesus. It might be a matter of acknowledging and changing your heart and forgiving those who have sinned towards you. So that's the first step. Number two is to apply the blood of the cross. This is, remember in the song, the blood, it talked about the blood. The blood that remits us from all of the effects of sin, from sin and all of the effects. The blood of Jesus remits sin and washes away the effects. The word remission means released from the penalty. It means to let go as if it had never been committed. That's what Jesus does with his blood. It's gone, completely gone, as if it had never been committed. It's not covered up. It's not, the word forgiven really isn't the best um, uh, translation of that Greek word. Because when I forgive somebody, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that I let go of it. It might just say, well, that's okay. But you're still holding on to it. This word, this biblical word means it's gone. 
it's gone, completely remitted. And that's what the blood does. So the blood of Jesus on the wounds of the heart cleanses you of sin or any of the effects of sin, including the soul wound. It heals. It's healing. I want to show you a few scriptures that say that. The first one is Matthew chapter 8. Would you please turn in your Bible there? Matthew 8. 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I wanted to show you, this is another fulfillment of scripture. We know that Jesus is the one that shed the blood. Jesus is the one that fulfilled the scripture. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. The word infirmity means weakness or frailty in body or soul. I wanted to point that out because infirmity is a weakness in the body or the soul. And Jesus came to take care of it for us when he died for us. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He fulfilled that another prophetic word. He fulfilled many, many, many prophetic words. The next scripture is Matthew 26. Turn there, please. Matthew 26, verse 28. 26, 28. For this is the blood of my new covenant. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There we go. The blood of Jesus shed for the remission of sins. And that word remission, as I already said, is letting go. Letting go. Release from penalty and let go as if it's never been committed. The next scripture is Ephesians 1.7. Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption. Redemption means the ransom is paid. It means we've been liberated. It means we've been freed. Remember Jesus came to free the brokenhearted? He came to set captives free. He came to set at liberty those who are oppressed by the devil. That's what redemption is. And it happens through his blood. That's the, that's the, the point when we were redeemed. And when we were forgiven. And that word forgiven is the same exact Greek word as the word remission. Same word. We have been remitted. We have been forgiven of sins according to the amazing, extravagant grace of God. Number three. Apply God's resurrection power and authority over the soul. Okay, talked about acknowledging, repenting, and forgiving. We talked about the blood of Jesus. And number three is to, to exercise your authority and your power that he's given to us over the soul, just like we do when we speak to our bodies and we're exercising our authority as believers. We're just taking that and doing it over our soul. Jesus is a healer. He heals the soul the same way he heals the body. Look at this scripture, Luke 9, 1. 
Luke 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. He gave them power and authority over all the demons. The the guy with the foothold trying to get in the cracks, he gave us power and authority. Now, these were his 12 disciples. Later on, he gave that same power and authority to 70. And before Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us a commission And that power and that authority was transferred, was given to me and to you, to believers. I'm going to give you a couple more scriptural references that aren't here. One is Psalm 91. It says, we have the power to trample on the lion and the adder, which are demonic uh, examples. And then in Luke, I believe it's 1019. It says that we have the power to trample on the serpent and the scorpion. We have power and we have authority. Now, let's talk about those two words. The first one is power. The Greek word is dunamis. Dunamis is miracle-working power. That's not all. It's moral power and it's excellence of soul. God gave us power, miracle-working power. He gave us excellence of soul. That's his inheritance for us, not wounded souls. He doesn't give sickness and he doesn't give wounded souls. But he does give dunamis power, which is excellence and healing of souls. It is a supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit that we have. Just, just as Jesus had. When the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and he had power and authority, we have power and authority. In the, in the realm of uh, law enforcement, a symbol of power, not just a symbol, power would be a gun with a bullet loaded, ready to kill the enemy. That's power. He gave us, Jesus gave us power and authority. Let's talk about authority. The word authority in the Greek is exousia. Exousia. Authority is the power of influence and right privilege. That's mine. I have the privilege, the right privilege and the influence over darkness over the oppressive, over the enemy, over soul wounds. The right to exercise power. It must be obeyed or submitted to. That's a good one. The ability or strength with which one is endued, which he either possesses or exercises. God has given us authority over the enemy. If you look at the law enforcement again, a sign of authority is the badge. The badge, the, the thing in, the, in his little wallet that shows that he's a police officer is his authority to uphold the law. The gun is the power. The badge is the sign of his authority. We have both. We have both. We have power and we have authority. We have the same authority as Jesus. B. 
because we're the children of God. And we've inherited it through the blood of Jesus. He paid the price for us. That's part of grace. That's part of the inheritance is the power and the authority as believers. So we're going to use that power and that authority, the blood of Jesus, as we minister. And it doesn't take Cindy to stand up here and pray for you. This is for all of you because you're all believers. Number four, as those things are revealed, as those wounds are revealed and healed, we want to get rid of them. So we're going to hand them to, the, to Father God, hand him the hurt. And this is the good part. Just like in Isaiah 61, he doesn't just take hurt, he replaces it. He exchanges it with something glorious, with something excellent. And that's what we're going to ask for. We're going to hand him whatever it is, and we're going to ask what he has for us in exchange. And then lastly, once those footholds are gone, once they've been removed and there's no more way for the enemy to get in, we're going to ask Jesus to seal it with his blood. Okay. Kent, would you put some music on, please? But don't stop the, don't stop the camera. I want this to be part of the video because this is going to minister not just to you and, and me. It's going to minister to people who watch this online. Keep a pencil out. Keep your papers out. Because when God speaks to you, and he will, I want you to write down what he tells you. As I was praying and seeking God about this, I asked him, okay, God, where are we going to go? What do you, what do you want to heal tonight? And he gave me three areas. They're kind of big general areas. So we're gonna, I'm going to go through three areas. And this is just a time, I call it a ministry time. I'm going to speak out some things, and I'm going to declare some things, but you, it's your part to talk to God on your own, okay, in the privacy of your heart. But I would say it out loud, because when I talk to God, I always talk out loud. So you can just talk in a quiet voice when you talk to him. There will be music on. I'm the only one with the mic. So we're going to just take a moment now to let the Holy Spirit have his way and to minister to your heart. I believe with all my heart that as soul wounds are healed, those roots will be removed and the opportunity to receive physical healing will be so easy. <laughs> it's not hard. Jesus did the hard part. So Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome in this place. Mm. Boy, his presence just, just went whoosh. The first area of soul wounds that I want to, to bring before Father God are wounds that have to do with emotional or physical abuse or neglect. If you have a wound in your heart or your soul that is a result of some kind of emotional or physical abuse or neglect. This is for you. 
the first thing I would like you to do in your own heart is to say, I choose to change my heart right now. And I choose to let go of the hurt and the wound. I choose to forgive the person who inflicted the pain. I choose to forgive the person who spoke the harsh words or used the physical, their physical strength against me. I choose to forgive them. I choose to let it go. I choose to release them from debt. I choose to forgive the times when I was neglected and when I needed to be cared for and I wasn't. I choose to forgive and let it go. And I release that person from any harm that was done to me. I release that person or those people from anything that was done to me that hurt my heart. I release it. And now I apply the blood to that wound. I apply the blood to the wound that was left as a result of that abuse or that neglect. I apply your blood, Jesus. Your blood that was shed to heal. Your blood that was shed to remit sin and all of the effects of sin. I apply that blood right now. Your blood is healing Jesus. And I apply that blood to the wound on my heart. And with the power and the glory of Jesus, I call it healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, right now that your light is extinguishing darkness and that your glory, your manifest presence is bringing the oil of joy to take the place of that wound, the oil of joy. I thank you, Father God, for the healing that is taking place. And right now, I speak with the authority of a believer and I say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed of emotional hurt or neglect. Be healed. Be healed of physical, emotional abuse or neglect. Be healed. Okay, now this is where God's probably going to share what, something with you if this is a wound that you're dealing with. Right now, I would like you, and let's all do it just so that nobody feels like they're being watched or singled out. I would like you all to just hand your wounds, this particular wound, to Jesus. So say, Father God, repeat after me. Say, Father God, I hand you the wound of emotional abuse or physical abuse or neglect. 
I hand it to you. Take it from me, Father God. Just hand it to him. Just take a minute to allow him to lift it off of you. And now I want you to say, Father God, what do you have for me in exchange? Father. The lie is that you are damaged. Good. The truth is that you are whole and you are perfect and you are so loved. I would like you to just take a minute to write down what God's speaking to you if he's speaking anything. You hand off your junk, you hand off your lies, and he replaces it with great stuff. He replaces it with truth. He replaces it with whatever. I don't know what he's going to replace it with. But whatever he does, write it down because you don't want to forget it. The next area that I would like to minister to is if you have a wound of rejection, abandonment, being unloved, or being lonely. Rejection, abandonment, being unloved, or being lonely. Any of those areas. First thing we're going to do is acknowledge, repent, and forgive. So I'm going to pray. I want you to just pray in your own words. Father God, we choose to forgive. We choose to forgive those who have rejected us and left us in a place of being without support. We choose to forgive those who have rejected the giftings in us, who have rejected our, our opinions or our thoughts or our, our, our heart. We choose to forgive those who have abandoned us, who have left us without any support or without any help. We choose to forgive, Father, especially those who are abandoned as children. Especially those who didn't have parents who were really parents. We choose to forgive. We choose to release them from the debt. We choose to release them from any harm caused. We choose to release and let it go. We choose to forgive those who have been hurtful to the point where we don't receive the love that we that we should have. I especially pray for, for husbands and wives who don't receive love from their spouse. 
We forgive the spouse. We forgive the spouse who doesn't love us the way we need to be loved. We forgive. We choose to forgive. We make the choice to let it go and to release the debt. To release the debt. We choose to forgive. We choose to forgive those who have left us in a position of being lonely. When there are people all around us, all around us, all around us in the world and we're still lonely. We forgive those who haven't stepped out to include us so that we aren't lonely. We choose to forgive And we release that person from any harm done. We release those people from any harm done to us in our soul. We release them from any harm done. We let it go. We choose to let it go. We release them. And now we apply the blood of the cross to the wound. The healing blood of the cross. The healing blood of the cross, we apply it to the wound. It's like a healing balm. We apply it to the wound. And now, with authority given to us, we declare miracle-working power. Miracle-working power to come and make our soul new in that place. That place that was broken, that place that was hurt. That it's made new. Miracle working. Creative miracle. Make it new, Father God. Make it new. The light of Jesus extinguishes the dark. The glory of Jesus, the presence of God, comes in, takes over. (laughs) And where his glory is, that one can't stay. So now we're going to hand this to God and receive his exchange. So let's all do this together. Father God... I hand you the wound of rejection. I hand you the wound of abandonment. I hand you the wound of being unloved or lonely. (laughs) He said, it's about time. (laughs) I wanted it. I wanted you to hand it to me. And now ask him, say, Father God, what do you have for me in exchange? Write it down. Truth replaces lies. And the truth will set you free. I have one more area. And this is the area of depression, anxiety, worry, or fear. Depression, anxiety, Worry or fear. So we're going to bring these 
issues. We're going to acknowledge them, bring them before God, choose to have a change of mind, a change of heart about them, and release forgiveness. So I'm going to pray, and again, feel free to pray in your own words. But right now, Father God, we choose to forgive those who have put a burden on us, pressure on us, too much work, too much to do on our shoulders, too much responsibility that has caused us to be in this place of worry or anxiety or depression or fear. We forgive those, Father God, who have been putting things upon us and we forgive ourselves. God, we forgive ourselves. We forgive ourselves for letting those things weigh heavy on us instead of giving them to you. We forgive ourselves for allowing ourselves to get deep into a pit instead of in your grace and receiving your benefits. We forgive others, we forgive ourselves. We forgive others, we forgive ourselves. And we release them from debt. We release them from um, their responsibility in our problem. We release them. We release them from any harm done to us. We release ourselves from any harm done to ourselves. Oh, that's a big one. I want everybody to say that. I release myself from any harm that I've done to myself. And now we apply the blood, the healing blood, the healing blood, the healing blood, the restoring blood, the redeeming blood of Jesus to that soul wound or wounds. And I speak right now with authority as a believer, with power and authority. I speak healing over depression. I speak healing over the spirit of fear. I speak healing over anxiety and all of the symptoms that go along with anxiety. I speak healing over worry, over thoughts that are uh, spiraling out of control. I speak healing. I speak healing. And I declare healing right now that will powerfully change whatever's going on in the emotions. Powerfully. And right now, we're going to hand those things to God. So lift it up. Say, Father God, I hand to you depression. I hand to you worry. I hand to you fear. And I hand to you anxiety. Take it. I don't want it. And now ask him, say, Father God, what do you have for me in exchange? Mm. 
as doors have been closed to the enemy, as those footholds have been closed, so there's no way for the enemy to get in, we want to keep them closed. So what I would like to do right now is just pray that the blood of Jesus seals the work that was done. Jesus, come. Seal our souls, our hearts, our minds, our will, our emotions with your blood. Protect us. Seal us. That the door to the enemy is closed tight and sealed with your precious blood. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you for the souls that are healed and set free. We thank you for the lies that were exchanged by truth. And we thank you, Father God, that your will, your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven now. Mm. If you would like to share, you don't have to share your soul wound, but if you would like to share something that God gave you, something that he gave you in exchange, if you would like to share that, Kim, happiness, peace, and glory, awesome, glory, the manifest presence of God, happiness, that's, that's of God, joy, peace, that's what God has, so that's what he gives, anybody else want to share something God gave you, in exchange, tell me again, Lisa, abundance didn't jesus come to give us abundance and life to the abundance that's from god that's from god abundance and the good life now take those pieces take those treasures and and say god you gave me this this is mine this is what you gave me i gave you the junk it's gone and you gave me this meditate on it that means keep it in front of you. Keep it in front of you. That's how you keep it. When I was healed of cancer, I wanted to stay healed. So I took God's word, God's truth, and just fed myself. And I continue to I do that still to this day. Feed myself, feed myself, feed myself. Do the same thing here. Feed yourself with his truth. Say, that's gone. That soul wound is healed. Jesus, I gave it to you. You healed it. I received healing and I'm taking your truth. This is me now. This is the new me, the abundance, the glory, the peace, the happiness. That's me. The beginning of this session, I know we went long tonight, but I couldn't, I couldn't finish. I couldn't not finish. But at the beginning, I said something about soul wounds can potentially prevent you from receiving physical healing. Let's pray for physical healing now. A lot of soul wounds, I'm not saying they're all healed because there could be a lot more in there. You go before God and ask him. Come to us and we'll pray with you, the ministry team. But let's pray for healing, just a general prayer tonight. And then we're open for our healing line afterwards. I pray right now, Father God, that the manifest presence of God, the glory of God just comes and saturates this place. I pray, Father God, that our bodies are your temple 
and your glory just permeates us, body, soul, and spirit. I pray, Father God, right now that your healing presence floods our physical bodies and heals us, that your blood, the blood of Jesus, flows through us and heals anything that is broken or hurting or damaged. I speak healing over cancers. I speak healing over arthritis. I speak healing over inflammation. I speak healing over um, hearing and seeing. I speak healing over bones and strength of bones. I speak, he speak healing over joints. I thank you, Father God, for the systems that you have created in us that are so balanced and perfected, and I thank you that that's how ours work. I speak renewed youth. <laughs> renewed youth over everybody in here. And sustained youth for those who are already young. <laughs> sustained and renewed. And I thank you for it, God. I thank you with all of our heart. We thank you. I just call these people blessed, Father. Bless them. Bless them big. Shine your face on them. Pour out your love. I know you do all the time. But, Father, may they know it. May they know your extravagant love and your extravagant grace more than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. All the time, God is good. Okay, ministry team will be up here to pray, to talk.